This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to Liam Graham, a director and portfolio manager of Invest Securities. With Russia Ukraine's throat, the British pound now being less than the dollar for the first time ever, and repo rates soaring up to 7.5%. It would seem a very bad time for people to be investing. Liam, you were saying that the market is, I don't suppose fun would be the correct word, would it? <laughs> uh, well, it is keeping us busy. It's obviously incredibly volatile at the moment, and there's a hell of a lot of things uh, 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 taking place. Um, so in times like this, it's always important to just break things down into in, in, into small bite-sized chunks. So essentially what the main theme that's been taking place in the market is central banks around the world are raising rates, particularly the U.S., um, in an effort to fight inflation um, and, uh, and, 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 and stabilize their economic growth. Um, and, and what we're seeing is obviously from uh, a loose monetary policies over several years, the consumer and businesses are in, uh, are in good stead and unemployment rates are extremely low. Um, and that is, uh, is, is driving a lot of demand. At the same time, COVID uh, hit supply chains, which reduced supply. So anytime you've got more demand than supply, the way you meet that, uh, as you learn in economic, economics 101, is that prices go up. You know, at the same time, we've obviously had the war, which affected energy prices, um, which are major inputs into um, in, into the final costs of goods, and that's also driven prices. So you've got a situation, a fairly unique situation, where um, prices are strong, uh, uh, employment rates are high, and you've got this sort of price spiral that is now trying to uh, uh, the central banks are trying to get under control. Um, so the way they do that is they push up interest rates, they try and uh, uh, reduce uh, 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 or increase borrowing costs, reducing demand for, for borrowing, therefore reducing the uh, 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 aggregate demand uh, and eventually supply and demand balance themselves and prices flatten out. Now, um, what we've seen is that inflation is looking a little bit more embedded than initially thought and uh, and and the fed is starting to be much more aggressive in pushing pushing interest rates up um and we've yet to see any impact from that on the markets but because the market keeps forecasting 12 months in advance and uh, and things are changing we we get this this volatility in the market where where confusion is reigning and, um, and the people don't really know uh, how to forecast into the future. So, so that's where we are today. You know, and you, you, you layer on top of that uh, a new English uh, 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 government um, that have been, uh, I guess, want to be more fiscally stimulating uh, than the previous government and have also shocked the market. So at the time when central banks are tightening, the U.S. fiscus is trying to stimulate, and those two opposing forces uh, uh, do not work well. And obviously, you've seen that uh, play out in the pound, weakening significantly against the dollar, and obviously uh, 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 interest rates in the U.K. are sparking as people run out of those sort of instruments because they obviously uh, uh, foresee the U.K. government needing to borrow more money to be able to support these uh, uh, 
these demand uh, stimulus packages. You've always said that Thursday morning is a rough ride for you because the wealthy fellows from the bowls and the golf clubs phone you up and say, I heard last night. Yes. Um, you must be getting a lot more calls now. Absolutely. Every time you turn on the TV, uh, the, the, the R word is, is mentioned and um, you're obviously hearing about energy prices across Europe uh, skyrocketing. In some cases, they're up fivefold year over year. Um, you know, we used to load shedding here. Um, you're going to get a situation uh, come January, February next year where, where the UK and Europe uh, could potentially also to be doing uh, electricity rationing uh, uh, practices. Um, so, so, you know, the, the news flow is not great. What I would say is that most of it has already been factored into the market. And actually, we're looking for turning points. So a turning point for us would be, is these interest rate hikes starting to to do what they're meant to do. And the way they break this inflation cycle is to break the wage inflation cycle. And how you do that is you increase unemployment. So you make it so that demand ceases uh, uh, to grow and therefore an employer does not need to hire anymore because he doesn't need to meet increasing demand. And it makes it hard for, if he's not hiring for a staff member to say, oh, if the job market's not great anymore, I'm no longer going to go ask for my raise and really threaten my employer with leaving uh, if I'm not sure my job is going to be around. So they need to inflict that sort of pain into the market. Whether they can do it without pushing us into a recession, we'll wait and see. But the minute we see unemployment rate rising is the minute we know we're at the beginning of the end because the processes are starting to take impact. And I think that's the point where you really want to be involved in the equity market. I see all the logic that you put behind your discussion. There might be one thing that breaks this, and that is the fact that there are major elections coming up, both the election of the next president and then the 2024 elections. How do you factor that in, or don't you? Yeah, so um, absolutely, you're obviously talking about our local elections. The U.S. have also got elections, uh, and obviously we've just had a, a, a change of, of, of leadership in the U.K. You know, I think locally, you know, as you come into elections, there's a lot of rhetoric that comes to the surface. A lot of people try and push their policies. A lot of these policies are just fairy tales. Uh, you know, you obviously got the EFF and the DA and the, and the, and the Freedom Front talking about the, what they're going to do. And then you've got the Zuma faction talking about the, what they want to do. In reality, a lot of these, the, the, those sort of things are limited. So we'll wait and see. I mean, obviously, Ramaphosa is, 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 uh, is a person we know and a person we've grown familiar with. Mm-hmm. It'll be great if he continues through. Um, you know, I shudder to think of what the alternative could be. Uh, but I think if, if Ramaphosa doesn't get re-elected as the ANC's uh, presidential candidate and leader, um, we could see some more volatility as uncertainty prevails. You know, looking at the U.S., they've got midterm elections in December too. Um, at the moment, it looks like um, the the Republicans and the Democrats are going to share the Houses of Congress, which essentially makes it a lame duck uh um, legislat- legislature, yeah. and uh, which means nothing will get done. So, you know, it's not a bad thing if we know nothing will get done because obviously the state of quo will, will, will follow through and, uh, and it's easier to predict what will happen and that sort of thing. 
you know, the US at the moment, I mean, the UK at the moment is a little bit up in the air. Uh, Liz Truss is much more uh, a socialist in her, in, in her outlook. And I think some of these economic policies that she's uh, put in place have really shocked the market. Coming back to South Africa, uh, mining metal had a fantastic ride. Any sectors that you look at now where you think this will be a good punt for a short term or perhaps even a long term? So I, I feel like I'm sounding like a, a, a broken clock, but the South African equity market remains extremely, extremely attractive from a valuation perspective, uh, and, and, and basically across the, the board. You can pick your spot. You know, given the time we have in the cycle, you know, I would probably go for more in the defensive type names. So you know, the financials uh, are actually in a very good space. They've got a very broad-based loan book. They're well-provisioned. They're not seeing any uh, uh, degradation in the, in the quality of their credit, and they're provisioned really well. And a rising interest rate environment actually benefits them. The endowment impact drives interest uh, earnings revenue. So we're seeing really strong revenues, and, and the banks are very well-positioned. Um, the likes of, of, of MT and Aspen, they also remain incredibly defensive companies, and a lot of uh, uh, wind has come out of their sales recently, and I think they also offer extremely attractive opportunities. What I would say is this, we have been seeing a little bit of an about turn by government in the fact that now they're starting to open up much more to public-private investment. You've seen Ramaphosa and his team announce uh, uh, you know, an accelerated renewable infrastructure projects. They put timelines on these projects so we can track them. If those announced projects come to fruition, that will be incredibly supportive for the country. I mean, just to give you uh, uh, an example of the numbers, uh, um, bid window five and six are probably going to add somewhere close to 7,000 megawatts into the system, yeah. which is going to amount to over 100 billion rand, which is significant. Um, if you think about it, banks' loan books are about 2.2 trillion. So that 100 to 150 billion rand that could potentially be financed through the banks, that's 5% growth in their loan books. And that's not talking about the indirect spin-offs that benefit from that. So it could be a great stimulus package. Plus, we're starting to hear rumors that the government want to engage with private sector in the water infrastructure, in the ports infrastructure, in Transnet. So, so all of a sudden, you've got a situation where not so long ago, you know, Aguero Montashi was very socialist and communist in his, in his way of thinking. Now, given load shedding or the extent of load shedding, they're starting to open themselves up to partnerships. And I think that's an incredibly powerful movement. And if it can be executed properly, I think that's a huge benefit for South African businesses. And I think the market will benefit from that too. So we'll wait and see. Liam, thank you for your views. As always, you seem to have quite a calming effect on what many people might consider to be a catastrophic situation. I certainly hope your predictions come true. Thank you again for speaking to Dispatch Live.